Come learn about St. Charles. We've got a lot to share with new businesses and things to do. A good time isn't rare. It's going to be so much fun. And hold on, we're not done. Stay up to date with Nick and Nate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nick and Nate update. I'm Nate. And I'm Nick. And we're going to have a fun episode today as we're going to be going into Jazz Weekend and talking about it. Uh, we're going to be doing that through our two amazing musicians that are going to be playing that weekend, Frank Catalano and Jack Macklin. So thank you both for coming on today, guys. It's great to have you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for asking me. Cool. Super stoked. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's start. Um, if you guys would be able to tell us a little bit about yourselves, um, you know, how long you guys have been playing in St. Charles for, um, and if you guys are from around the area at all or where you guys are from, and any favorite things that you like to do here. Uh, Jack, we'll start with you. Yeah, um, I'm uh, name's Jack Macklin. I'm a guitar player. I grew up in St. Charles, went to St. Charles East High School, and I first started playing music in St. Charles. It's where I had my my first regular gig, uh, actually at Szechuan Restaurant downtown there. Awesome. Uh, Nancy, she gave me an opportunity when I was young to bring a little band in there, and uh, we started playing some standards and. I started figuring out, you know, how to play a little bit and then got more curious to go to the next level. So she gave me my first opportunity. Very, very thankful for her. Then that kind of led to some more opportunities around St. Charles. And I took a, uh, a liking to, to music a lot. And I realized that you could go to college and study music, too. So yeah. I didn't know really what else to do. So I figured I'd go to <laughs> and play the guitar. And awesome. uh yeah, so then I decided to go to DePaul University uh, downtown there, and I uh, and then I lived in the city for five years, and I got uh, really cool opportunities to play with some great people, and I like was so fortunate to keep on being called back to do this, the St. Charles Jazz Weekend, and every year it kind of seemed like I was able to grow a, a better band and get more people kind of involved, and and we kind of grew it all together, so. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of doing it ever since ever since I was in high school. And then about a year and a half ago, I moved down to Nashville after I graduated. And I've been making it as a musician up here. So this is the first year that I'm going to bring a um, a band up with me. Usually I play with local musicians this year. I'm, I'm bringing my working band awesome. up with me to perform for the weekend. So I'm really excited about that. But that's a little bit about myself. So yeah, so absolutely. And we'll dive some more into your history in a little bit here, Jack. But Frank, uh, let's let's go head over to you if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and you know when you first started playing here in St. Charles and some of your favorite things to do here. Well, uh, I was like listening to Jack play whenever uh, <laughs> we kind of do back to back nights at the filling station a lot. But yeah, um, I actually grew up in Hanover Park. And when I was like 13, 14, I started playing in the Elgin Community College uh, jazz band. And uh, that was a really cool experience for me because a lot of times the guest artists would come in like Louis Belson, Randy Brecker, uh, you know, well-known people. And they seemed to take a liking to me after hearing me play and started hiring me. Um, so I had so many good opportunities come about from that. And I was recently um, uh, elected to the Fox Valley Arts Hall of Fame, which was a big honor. And a lot of my family lives in St. Charles. So I always love getting to play the St. Charles Jazz Fest so I can hang out with some of them. 
And uh, I think I've done the St. Charles Jazz Fest, Jazz Weekend for, uh, I, I guess, since it started 10 years ago or so. Awesome. And, and I always try to make sure to put it <laughs> into my schedule a year in advance, even if I don't know for sure. I kind of am guessing uh, Mandy will ask me to do the kickoff uh, at Filling Station. And my bro, Steve, who owns House Pub, will have me do uh, the weekend. And I'm so glad House Pub is back open because it's been closed yep. the last few years. And I'm very proud of Steve for uh, getting that going. And that's going to be so fun because so many people have been like, oh, man, when will the, the House Pub reopen? So uh, I'm excited about that. But yeah, as a, a teenager, uh, I was playing very regularly uh, in the area and in Chicago. Um and uh, I also went to DePaul University, which was great. Uh, probably one of the main people, though, uh, that was most helpful to my career, or two of them, Randy Brecker, who I mentioned when I was like 16, he wrote my letter of recommendation. And I met him playing at Elgin Community College. And uh, we have several albums together. And his brother, Mike Brecker, uh, probably one of the, uh, he's since passed away, unfortunately, but one of the greatest saxophone players. And then uh, Louis Belson. Uh, Louis Belson was married to Pearl Bailey. And Pearl Bailey discovered Tony Bennett, who unfortunately recently passed away. And uh, when Louis started hiring me, he recommended me to Tony Bennett, who was a good friend of many years. So when I was 17, I got to tour with Tony Bennett and uh, awesome. got to play the Fears to the Ladies album, which won a Grammy Award. And um, so that's when I was still in high school and, you know, more or less living in the area. Um, I bought a house uh, where my wife and I, you know, still live um, in Bucktown neighborhood of Chicago when I was 25. And then uh, my wife and I bought an apartment in uh, Greenwich Village in New York about eight or nine years ago. So we kind of split our time between New York and Chicago. Plus, you know, we're going to Spain next week and then Portugal and then Black Cat in San Francisco and Heidi's in Cocoa Beach and Birdland for a week in New York. So we're just always traveling as long as my bad ankle holds out um <laughs> i'm able to get on the plane and and make it happen so yeah absolutely so well thank you for sharing your story with us frank we'll dive a little bit more into that but uh we're gonna head back to jack so nick take it away yeah so you mentioned that you're living in nashville now so first off how do you like it oh it's great i'm really having a great time here there's a it's so cool to see um how many great musicians have lived here and it, there's, it's so diverse with the scene. So I'm really, really kind of figuring out what I really want to be doing, which is cool. Yeah, it's I mean, everyone knows it's a great music city, too, for to, yeah. to be in if you're a musician. So what's it like performing down there? Uh, it's it's uh, it's really interesting. It's a lot different than um, some of the clubs in Chicago. I mean, when I got down here, they have a, a jazz club here. There's fewer like specific spots for jazz per se than there would be like a city like Chicago but there's equally as many great musicians um but uh when I first got down here to like the jazz club Rudy's jazz club is the one down here uh there's it's very tourist heavy so there's it was always really packed and that's like that's something I saw in, in like at the Green Mill always the Green Mill was always packed but some of the other smaller venues maybe in the city was uh, a lot of a lot of other musicians so there's a lot of like tourists here it's like that's the, one of the tourist capitals of the the world which is cool well that yeah. you at i think it's it's really cool which, um 
And then there's a lot of opportunities to play a lot of different styles. There's there's traditional country. There's pop. There's not just like the the Broadway, which is like the main tourists downtown. There's not. That's not really um, all, all there is to Nashville now. There's a lot of different scenes and a lot of great musicians. This wonderful saxophone player Joel Fromm just moved here. Uh, he's a lived in New York for 30 years, but he's he's a tenor player, uh, like Frank. Um, but I've been able to play with him a little bit, which is he's been a, a huge mentor and. Um, uh, been, there's been able to there every venue and every place in Nashville kind of has music really because music's not like a, a not common thing to have at a place so it's um, it's pretty normal to go into a place and ask if they're having music or something so there's a lot of opportunities to to build, get a band together and play and try out different stuff and so I've been really really enjoying just all the opportunities and all the um, the, the people to play with. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you're doing well down there, but we are very excited for you to be performing here at Jazz Weekend. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned before that you studied music at DePaul University. So what exactly in music did you study there? So my degree is in jazz studies. So it's a like a guitar performance degree, but I got to work with some of Chicago's uh, most talented musicians. Um, I studied with guitarist Scott Hesse at DePaul, um, mentor to me, he's taught me so much. I'm very thankful for my time with him. And, and uh, Dana Hall, fantastic drummer, was the leader of that um, or uh, jazz studies uh, department. And he, he was very serious and was uh, respect him a lot. He's an amazing drummer. And so just being around those, those uh, musicians like that who, t who at that high level you know, hopefully it's a little bit of that rubbed off on me. And so, um, yeah, so uh, Paul was just, was great. Very fortunate to be able to be around people that high level. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So you, you play the guitar. Do you play do. any other instruments? Anything I do. I, um, I'm, I'm in trying to, I don't play, I play the trumpet as well. And I played the trumpet since fifth grade in high school, but yeah. um and I played all the way through college. I played in the DePaul marching band. I'm playing it here or there now uh, for like different things, but I'm not like a fantastic improviser on the trumpet. I'm like more of an improviser on the guitar, but I can read music on the trumpet and I play a little piano, you know, too. And, uh, and ukulele and electric bass, you know, like it, it just, and I sing, I sing as well. So I've been working up my voice a lot lately too, especially cause I've been trying to do some more like solo guitar and, singing gigs which is uh you know very unique to to nashville because everyone's like a singer songwriter down here sure, sure. Might, might as well give it a shot as yeah. well yeah, yeah so, uh, i'm just trying to figure out what my what my lane is and and how to do do you know make meaning on uh, meaningful honest music so definitely so i know you've played at a lot of different venues throughout st charles what are some of your favorites that you played at oh man um well, the the filling station always feels like a home there. I played there for a long time. Uh, Mandy gave me an opportunity, you know, a while ago to kind of play there after after Frank, and uh, it's always great seeing Frank play there. But that's always a kind of been a home. I feel like for both of us a little bit there at the filling station. But also, um, uh, McNally's has been great too. Last year we had a really great listener, listening, attentive crowd, and everyone was really engaged with the performance, and so that's been awesome. Um, this year, I'm really excited to, I'm, I, to play at the Moonlight Theater. 
we're playing on on Thursday and um, you know, they're selling tickets to that and it seems like a new place so I've never really I've never been it been there to, to check it out but I'm excited to, to, to see it yeah it'll be a lot of fun yeah yeah so now we're gonna flip the back over to Frank so Frank um, you know, to kind of go into your background a little bit, I mean, you've achieved a whole bunch of numerous accolades, you know, but you've had songs that have topped the, the Billboard traditional jazz charts um, and had millions listen to your songs on Spotify and iTunes. Um, you've had three Grammy winning and 11 Grammy Grammy nominated uh, recordings and you know, even collaborated with stars such as Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez and John Legend and, and much more, you know. Can you take us how your passion with jazz has kind of spurred you to those achievements? Well, I'm kind of crazy. So uh, <laughs> I think that helps because I'm I'm willing to try anything. And even though uh, jazz has always been my passion, I seem to play with um, a lot of, um, you know, rock and pop musicians um, because I feel like, I like to try out stuff with them, which isn't in the normal jazz wheelhouse. And I think they like to have somebody like me who has um, a jazz sensibility, but isn't going to be overly stuffy about it. So, I mean, this year alone, uh, playing with the Smashing Pumpkins at the Hollywood Bowl was so cool, like 20,000 people screaming. And Billy Corgan asked me to do, you know, awesome. like a 10 minute saxophone solo, which you know, it's online and I, I've done that with them on several occasions and in their newest video called Beguiled, which was fun. Me and uh, my one of my very, very best friends, Jimmy Chamberlain, the drummer from Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, and we do tons of shows together and have a bunch of albums together. Uh, so we're in the video together. It's pretty funny. Uh, but just like so I love doing that. And then last month I got to play with Sean Lennon and Les Claypool a bit. Um, so I know jazz people might not know Les Claypool, but from the band Primus and uh, Flying Propagate. So I just, you know, I love Les. And uh, over the years we've been uh, playing and he's always cool, but I never know what he's going to do. He'll just, you know, throw something at me and then I have to solo and see what happens. And, <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I don't do too much. Um you know, uh, I guess what I would say full on sideman stuff anymore. Like, uh, I used to, uh, where, uh, probably the last one I did was maybe like 15 years ago. I played on the Oprah Winfrey show with seal and that was really fun. Uh, but it was definitely like, I'm being hired to come in and just be like the sideman person who plays the saxophone part. And that was okay. great. But I would say, Probably like when I turned 30, 31, I got signed to uh, Savoy Records, which was a legendary label and part of Columbia Records. Um, I kind of just said to myself at that point, I just am not going to do anything that I don't think is like 100% creative and 100% fun, as well as hopefully paying well, because I do have <laughs> two different good. mortgages <laughs> in big cities, uh, you know, so it's got to everything has to make sense. But um, but I just think as long as it's creative, then it's so fun. And I really love having my residency at Birdland in New York. Uh, Birdland artists manage me for a while and they don't manage me anymore, but I still play there all the time. And uh, that's always 
so fun. I, I posted, you know, it was Ravi Coltrane's birthday a couple days ago, and he comes usually when I'm playing and just, you know, you're maybe alternating sets with, you know, Joe Lovano or whoever it might be. So, you know, uh, it's just always really fun and, and exciting. So I don't know if I properly answered your question or not. Oh, but, no, that uh, was fantastic. So, and I wanted to follow up on that too. So, you know, with Jazz Weekend, it's a little bit more intimate, you know, with your performances at the filling station and, and at House Pub where, you know, the crowds are a little bit smaller. What's like the, the biggest crowd that you performed uh, in front of before? Well, I mean... With my own band, I, I do quite a few festivals. We're headlining the Savannah, Georgia Festival coming up, and they're expecting you know, about 100,000 people there. I just did the Chicago Blues Fest with Los Lobos. There was about 70,000 people there. Um, so I, I would say I, the Oprah Winfrey show I mentioned, there was 30 million people watching, although that yeah. was maybe not, there was only maybe uh, 200 people in the kind of studio audience right. but uh i would say when i do the big festivals i did um riot fest with violent femmes that was easily 70 or eighty thousand awesome. people so i do like doing festivals in like large venues but as a jazz guy i know gianni the owner of birdland said if a if a club is more than like 250 seats it's hard for it to have an intimate jazz feel and i think birdland right. is around 300 seats I like playing City Winery, which is about 300 seats. So I kind of prefer, you know, maybe two to 300 people. And at Filling Station and House Pub, it's probably going to, you know, be more like, you know, maybe 100 people, or at right. least that seems to be it. And so in a way, that's my favorite because I get to talk to everybody there and uh, chit chat during the break. And usually, uh, friends and family members that I know that like particular songs I'll always you know give a shout out and play a specific song so yeah on a fun factor I think playing for audiences around 100 people is the most intimate and the most uh fun as a jazz musician for sure absolutely so and you know and I also want to talk about you know a little bit of the uh adversity that you face kind of getting to the point where you are at today you know because um, you know, in your bio, it said that you lost your your right middle finger, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, and I, I, mean, I mean, as a musician, that's got to be really tough, you know, because you. I mean, I can I could barely play with, you know, 10 of my fingers, let alone if I had to do it with nine. So I can't imagine, like, you know, how that <laughs> process was. Well, I was very fortunate. A really awesome surgeon, his name was Damien Gress, uh, was able to reattach it. And it was a crazy surgery in 14 hours. And, wow. um, and I had, I would say about a year worth of, uh, you know, occupational therapy just to get it to work. And for like seven or eight months, it just wouldn't move. Like they took the pin out of it and it was still kind of funky looking, uh, but it just wouldn't move. And like kind of about a year later, it just started moving and it, and it works great. I don't have a lot of feeling in it, but it's never hindered me for, for anything. And I did. Um, I guess talking about like, you know, and something that was a horrible situation, but then kind of good. Um, I used my right middle finger to do the work of both fingers for that okay. time. So I was still playing. And uh, I wrote for Hal Leonard publisher, uh, a book and video series, kind of with some alternate fingerings, because I had to come up with a lot of ways that I could still play and be effective, but with not a traditional technique because I was missing a finger. 
So it did, it did help me to really develop uh, all my altissimo notes because I was young when this happened. And uh, most of the altissimo notes you can do with only the left hand and your embouchure, of course. So I got like crazy proficient with all that. So for better or worse, it kind of, you know, imprinted itself uh, in, in the way I play. And uh, most people seem to appreciate it or like it. And they specifically seek me out to hire me for projects if they want the type of sound that I have. So yeah. I I think in a, in a weird way, had I not had my finger cut off, I probably would be a much different player. I can't, again, say if that's better or worse, but uh, <laughs> it would definitely be different. And yes. I'll say more, more than anything, it made me appreciate stuff because... I kind of lucked out because, uh, you know, I I became a, a pretty proficient player really early on without having to to try real hard. It just came very naturally to me because I love the saxophone. I yeah. did try playing trumpet first and I was horrible. Uh, I can play <laughs> little piano. I tried playing bass, was horrible. So, But the, me and the saxophone just immediately clicked. And um, I kind of was taking some stuff for granted and I was getting hired to do a, a lot of really cool gigs pretty easily without even having to, to work too hard or look for stuff. So having my finger cut off and then, then facing the reality of like, oh, wow, maybe you won't be able to be a saxophone player for a living. Uh, I, it never dawned on me that I wouldn't have enough gigs or this and that. And again, I was maybe a little cocky or overly confident i don't know but then when you have your finger you know ripped off it's like <laughs> um wow i gotta maybe like really rethink this and it, it made me right. really buckle down and be appreciative and um so i worked real hard and then i ended up patenting a device so i could play some keyboards with the saxophone because i thought like well what if i don't get all the dexterity back in my finger I was getting asked to play with a lot of rock bands that would ask me to do some keyboard parts. So now I could kind of do both. And right. it was a cool thing. And Yamaha ended up um, getting that from me. And that's how I became the spokesperson for Yamaha, like in their advertising campaigns and stuff. So that was kind of a cool thing. And awesome. um, and just a lot of other, you know, uh, things that came about. So sometimes really great things can come out of a bad situation. <laughs> Again, like I said, I'm crazy because anyone smart would have just given up and decided to like do something else. Um, but I was I I did not do that and I just kind of barreled forward and and I'm glad I did. But uh, most people when uh, like my mom, for example, <laughs> was like, you just had this horrible finger injury. There's no way you're going to be able to be competitive, competitive against all these uh, great saxophone players. Because I mean, really, when you think about it, there's only a, a few slots for the really, you know, high level gigs. Right. Um, so, you know, it's crazy competitive. I didn't really think about it that way until more recently in talking to some people and doing some interviews. Um, but it's like, my mom was totally right. But again, I'm just going to say I was kind of, um, uh, ruthless in my efforts to be a saxophone player and overcome that. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, and we're glad that you did because, you know, I, I, as someone that's been to jazz weekend for the past five years, I love getting to see you at the filling station and hear your music. So, um, I guess, you know, it was a good thing in my opinion. So <laughs> I, I mean, since I'm here in one piece, I'm, I'm glad how everything turned out. So. Yes. 
So awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, we're going to wrap up the uh, first part of our uh, podcast here um, with our silly question, as we like to kind of have a little bit of fun and keep things interesting here. So, um, you know, if um, you so the silly question is, if you got a chance to perform with any musician, or it could be a duo, trio, quartet, whatever you guys would like, um, throughout history, it could be present or in the past. Um, who would it be with and why? And we'll go to whoever wants to, to kick off the question. Um, yeah, I can answer first. Um, man, well, one of my favorite guitar players um, of all time is is the great Wes Montgomery. And, okay. uh, and I would love to just play with him and hang out with him. And he had such a unique approach. And uh, it would just be amazing to, to be able to play guitar with someone just like who was like, the founding father of like the modern way to play the guitar. He's amazing. A band I would, you know, I would always love, have loved to play with the Ray Brown trio. That would have, that would have been pretty awesome. Um, Absolutely. They, they're awesome. But like on the bigger, bigger scale, probably like John Mayer. I love to play in his band too. That'd be pretty cool. Absolutely. Okay. And Frank, how about you? Um, probably since he passed away 10 years before I was born, John Coltrane, uh, I mentioned Ravi Coltrane earlier, but obviously John Coltrane being kind of like, uh, at least to me and probably most saxophone players, uh, somebody that changed, you know, the whole landscape of the saxophone and jazz, um, to me, that would be awesome. I did get to play a bit with uh his his main drummer Elvin Jones and that was really awesome um but John Coltrane for sure and then I think maybe like a guitar player like Jimi Hendrix or somebody who just would uh just kind of like go crazy because I feel like at times when I'm playing at like full throttle I really feel sometimes like that just level of all the sound coming around me and also like some type of spiritual vibe. So, and I think both Jimi Hendrix and John Coltrane brought that for sure to the table. So I think, I think those would be my top two. Absolutely. Okay. Well, great answers by both of you guys. So um, that will wrap up our part one. Um, we're going to go into our part two shortly. We're going to talk about what uh, Frank and Jack are doing during uh, Jazz Weekend and all the things that you can catch with their performances. So we'll be right back after these commercial messages. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Break Between the Podcast. It's Nate, and I hope you have been enjoying the episode so far, as we don't have too much for the Break Between the Podcast, just some brief commercial messages. Hope you can stick around for them. So without further ado, let's dive right into them. So we have lots of events coming up here in St. Charles, and like we talked about last time in the Break Between the Podcast, make sure to download our Travel St. Charles app if you're looking to check out any of the upcoming events, such as the Fox Valley Marathon, Jazz Weekend, the Hops for Hope 5K, Scarecrow Weekend, and so much more. It's a good way to be able to keep those events on your tabs and be able to get all the information on them. You could also visit our website for information on Jazz Weekend and Scarecrow at www.stcalliance.org. If you haven't yet, make sure to check out our Fox River Scavenger Hunt, which is a fun little way to get out on the Fox River and find all the critters that call St. Charles home. If you're interested in participating in that, 
go to our website, www.stcalliance.org outdoors in order to find the scavenger hunt. You can do it online, or we also have rack cards available here at the municipal building if you'd like to pick them up. If you complete the challenge, the fun part is, is you can get a Kimmer's Ice Cream Free Ice Cream Scoop card, as well as a free package of seeds and a little certificate to say that you are now a certified St. Charles Explorer. So it's a little fun way to be able to celebrate all the cool things here in St. Charles. We are also taking entries for the Scarecrow Contest, which is part of the Scarecrow Weekend, on October 6th through the 8th. If you're looking to be a part of the contest, make sure to get that application in as soon as possible. You can find all that information on how to apply and where the application is on our website, www.scarecrowfest.com. The entry is free, so it's a great opportunity to get out and be a part of this amazing community event. We are also looking for volunteers during Scarecrow Weekend, so if you or your organization might be interested in volunteering, make sure to go to that same website page, www.scarecrowfest.com and you can find all the information on how to volunteer in the Volunteers tab. That will bring us to the end of our break between the podcast. Let's get right back into it to find out what's up, St. Charles. Welcome back to part two. We're going to talk more about Jazz Weekend with Jack and Frank. So let's get right into it. Nick, why don't you take it away? Let's talk a little bit about Jazz Weekend. We'll start with you, Frank. Um, first off, I know this is not your first Jazz Weekend. How long have you been playing at the St. Charles Jazz Weekend? I think I've done every single one. Uh, maybe there was one year where I didn't, but I know I played the very first one, which I believe was 10 or 11 years ago. Okay. So time flies when you're having fun, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, they've always been awesome. Yeah, well, we're super excited to see you perform. You're performing at uh, the filling station and the house pub, correct? Filling station on uh, Thursday and then house pub Friday and Saturday. Awesome. And is there any certain songs from your set list that you're you know super excited to perform or you'd like to talk about a little bit? Well, I think maybe also because um tony bennett recently passed away and he was like a, a big mentor to me i'll probably play some of the songs that i recorded with them on his here's the ladies album which are standards that i don't always play but some i i i do regularly play um and then i i'll probably do a handful of standards that i enjoy playing regularly um like bye bye blackbird that I recorded with dave sanborn and some stuff like that but I have quite a bit of new songs for an upcoming album. Um, and so I'll probably try out some new stuff as well as a few um, that I've written that I always get asked to play like Big Al's theme. I know many people watching probably haven't heard this song or me play it, but uh, I, everyone always <laughs> asks me for a handful. So I will try to keep it pretty eclectic between some standards and originals. And, um, and if you are, I, I recently, I never do like just requests at concerts, but I recently did this at, at a really great jazz club and I, I really don't usually do it, but I just said, okay, I'm just going to play requests. And so I played everything that people asked and it was fun for me because, uh, many of these songs I hadn't played for a long time. So you are kind of like, you know, on a, on a tightrope sometimes, you know, a lot of people paid to come in, you want to do a good job. 
but but I don't know if I'll do anything kind of that crazy, but we'll definitely make sure everyone's uh, having something to hear that they like. Definitely. Well, I can't wait to hear it. And, you know, after playing at Jazz Weekend all these years, do you have any, I guess, favorite memories that stand out from performing here? Yeah. Um. Uh. My friends, Nick and Kent Mutchler, I met them almost 10 years ago at Jazz Weekend and uh, and we've become good friends and I give Nick some saxophone lessons and, you know, still so. Uh, and then, you know, my family gets to come out. A lot of my family lives in St. Charles area. Um, so that's an, it's really nice, you know, getting to see my, you know, aunts and uncles and people I don't get to see real regularly. So those have always been, you know, uh, really great memories. Sometimes when, uh, we would do kind of like the first street plaza area and some of the outside stuff, those would be nice too. If it's a nice sunny day and lots of little kids in strollers running all over the place while you're uh, playing that's not typical for me because usually it's the 21 and, and over setting so sure. uh but yeah tons of great memories awesome well we're super excited to have you back well yeah thanks. absolutely and so jack we'll we'll kick it on over to you so um you know we know that you have some performances during jazz weekend where will you be performing at uh um well yeah i was talking about the thursday uh to kick it off for me i'll be at the moonlight theater and then Friday, I'll be at the Wine Exchange. Okay. Uh, Saturday, I'm at the Filling Station. And then Sunday, I'm at McNally's in the afternoon there. Awesome. Perfect. And so, you know, you will you mostly be playing your guitar? Or will you have some yeah, vocals I'll be, in there? I'll be playing or? guitar. I maybe will sing a few. I, I've written a couple original songs that I may, may awesome. sing. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, and to speak of those songs, like, is there any songs from your set list that you'd like to, to share, kind of, you know, hype up while we got you on here? Yeah, um, for sure. I just recently released my first album, my studio album that has four compositions and a couple, um, four originals and then a couple uh, uh, tune, cover tunes on there that we did. We did one uh, tune that George ben Benson uh, recorded, written by Jose Feliciano, entitled Affirmation. Um, I'm excited to perform that one. I'm excited to perform some of my other's originals on there. Uh, it was pretty recent, so I'm. And this is one of the band that I, uh, one of the bands that I perform with regularly, and we perform a lot of originals. So I've been, I've been, um, I'm excited for those. I'm also have been studying a lot of uh, West Montgomery too lately. I've been talking about him, but he's one of the to the one of the grandfathers of. Um, uh, smooth jazz or rock and pop influence in his playing. He was one of the first guitar players to do like some of the popular tunes, like Beatles tunes. Um, have recorded that with a big band, like more of like a pop way. So I'm, I'm uh, been working on some arrangements for instrumental versions of some of the some more modern songs, trying to put them in a, a unique way and do an original thing there. But I might sing too because I've been writing a lot of original songs too to yeah. sing. So I'm excited to perform some of those. I'm always writing music, so I'm really excited to have an opportunity to um, play a lot of new, my new original songs as well as what was on my album. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, how long have you performed at uh, Jazz Weekend for? Uh, I've performed at Jazz Weekend now for about, I want to say, six or seven years. I don't think I was right there at the beginning, but I've been doing it for a, a, a while now. 
Um, yeah. But here, it's it's been getting better every single year for me. So I'm I've been really just loving the process, and it's the highlight of the year for sure. Yeah, and you know, speaking of that, you know, is there any favorite moments or memories that you've had during those you know six seven years while you've been performing there? I know um, Laura, your mom, and and Dave come out to see you perform out there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's always been a highlight of mine. Just seeing my family come out and. Uh, you know, it's been getting better and better every year. So um, last year was a highlight because I got to bring out some really talented musicians that I kind of have been um, connecting. I'm. Um, it's really uh, awesome to to hear uh, Frank talk about this too because he's bringing a lot of talented musicians out and he's playing such a great set. So I'm just trying to live up to 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 that hype. I, I what yeah. he's bringing to the table because it's so awesome to hear him talk. But um, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to to yeah bringing bringing my band and the, all the memories. So hopefully this year I'll have um, new and great great memories because like I was saying, it's the first time that I'm bringing people from out of town in, and we're gonna play um, all weekend together, and uh, hopefully record some uh, music afterwards. So we kind of use that as an opportunity to get some some a lot of material together and use that as an opportunity to perform some of. Uh, the songs I've been writing lately and, and learning. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just always, always a highlight just to see, you know, like my old friends and have family come out to support me play. And yeah, it's just great to be back and do that. Absolutely. We're excited to have you back and then also to yeah. have, you know, some new faces coming to, to come play with you. And so, you know, I don't know if you, you realize, but five years ago, you and Riley Elmore were our uh, second episode that we'd ever published here on the pub on the podcast. I love playing with that guy. He's a great singer. Yeah. So, you know, uh, can you tell us about, you know, your relationship with Riley? You know, are, are you guys still friends hanging out? Yeah. You know? I'm not sure if he's playing at, at jazz weekend. I, I think he was, he was down here in Nashville a few months ago and we talked a little bit, but I uh, I would love to reconnect with him and play some more music. He's a very talented singer. Man, that was crazy. That that was five years ago. Feels like it was just yesterday. Like, Absolutely. Like, and time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, I mean, we've had so many podcast episodes before them, but that one I always you know think about. You know, the song it's do 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 do. I can't remember the lyrics. Moonlight in Vermont. Oh yeah, yeah. We <laughs> played my, in my favorite moments on the podcast for sure. So yeah, it's um, a song. Uh, yeah. Speaking of people who just passed away, I think um, Ahmad Jamal passed away this year, and he has a beautiful version of Moonlight in, in Vermont that that was probably inspired by. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, that'll yeah. bring us close to the end of the podcast here, guys. So um, just have two more questions for you. Um, you know, if people want to check out your guys' music or find more about you, where can they do that? And Jack, we'll start with you. Uh, you could go right to my website. You could buy my music on there at jackmacklin.com. And um, I also give guitar lessons uh, online. If people are looking for lessons, they can send me an email and uh, just go through my website. You can find all my, all my stuff and future shows and music there. Absolutely. And Frank, how about you? I know I, I said that we could find you on iTunes and Spotify, but where are some other places that we could find you? Yeah, I usually just tell people to type Frank Canelano into Google because just <laughs> so much stuff comes up. Um, but uh, CanelanoMusic.com is my website. So that has most stuff. 
Kalon Music is also like for Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, which I think is now called X or something like that. <laughs> but uh, um, <laughs> those all work too. Uh, but yeah, pro- probably just KalonMusic.com is easiest and it has all of our uh, concert itinerary and shows and uh, and obviously looking forward to St. Charles Jazz Weekend and listening to Jack and hopefully doing a little hanging and sitting in with him and a bunch of other cool people and we'll have a awesome time. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be great. it's gonna be a, a party. It's gonna be the best one yet. Woo! It's party time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Party time. Well, we'll leave it on that note with that it's party time and that you know for everyone to get amped up for uh, Jazz Weekend. So thank you both very much for coming on the podcast yeah. today. It was great to talk about your stories and history and talk Jazz Weekend. So thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Yeah, no problem. So that will wrap up our episode. We'll have more episodes coming down the line. So until then, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you all next time.